so, so one time, uh, somebody invited me. I was a brand-new pastor. I was at the Alliance Church in Bradford, Pennsylvania. Somebody invited me to the um, Baptist church in town. It was, uh, I believe, an independent Baptist church in town that was having um, a, uh, an evangelist there named Rebel Dawson. Do you remember this? Tom's laughing. He didn't remember me being there. And so uh, Rebel Dawson, he was a shouter, right? You know those guys? He was really a shouter. And the church was pretty small. Um, and uh, he uh, was an aisle walker as well. And he was introduced to me. Hi, Rebel, this is Steve Shields. He's the new pastor at the Alliance Church. And he was independent Baptist from somewhere in the south. And he, did, he probably thought I was a Mormon, Christian and Missionary Alliance. What's that, right? And he spent a good deal of his time when he was walking up and down those aisles pointing right at me. Right? <laughs> I said, you go, buddy. That's good. I like it. Uh, but that was the night I met you, Tom, uh, as far as I remember, and Lois as well. Uh, Tom and Lois had moved to Bradford. They felt God called them there to serve, and they were serving in the church there. And uh, after a while, they kind of, I don't know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, kind of, we're ready for a change. That's a good way to say it. So they were ready for a change, and they came to our church um, like in November, like the last Sunday of November. I don't know if you remember this. And they're walking through. Hey, it's great to see you here because they were, I, I knew right away. Tom and Lois are great people when I met them. It's great to see you here. I'm so glad you're here. What brought you here? And they said, we're, we're looking for a new home. I said, oh, that's great. And they said, uh, so then they were here the next week. And uh, so that's two weeks in a row. And I said, so do you have any questions about church? And they said, no, but we want to tell you what we're doing. We're going to just, we're going to try one church this week, one church the next and we're going to try all the churches in the Yellow Pages. Some of you don't know what the Yellow Pages are, but they were things before the Internet. And that's basically what they had in mind. And they were back the next week. And I said, what are you guys doing here? And they said, we decided we'd just stay here for Advent. And they never left. Because <laughs> I just did Advent for the next 10 years. No, that's not why they never left. But uh, we just had a great relationship with them through the years. And so thankful for them. So um, they, uh, after we left there, they moved to Warren, Pennsylvania. And received a call to missions where they uh, decided God wanted them to teach in an international school. And that's what they're doing right now. And they're going to talk to us uh, just about how we can pray for them and what's going on in their lives. Tom, would you please come? When I say they're going to talk, Lois said Tom's doing that. So, That's true. Usually, when we come home and, uh, and share our ministry, Lois and I do it together. And this time she says... No, I'm just going to sit there and watch. So, uh, I'm sorry, you're stuck with me. Good, bad, or indifferent. Um, I have, and you're right, Steve, I did not remember that we met you then. Uh, I remember that revival, and I thought that we had met him the first time we walked into Bradford Alliance, which was not the case. A little bit of interesting history. We have a gift that we would like to present to the church Uh, Just a small token of our appreciation for all that you guys do for us. You guys have been a part of our ministry for the past 12 years. And over the last four years, you have really stepped up and we have been extremely grateful. I cannot tell you how much appreciation uh, we have for you as a church, as a church fellowship. You guys have been great for us. You really have. This is a painting that we found that we found there. Um, and it has, it's just a country scene. And in the background, there's a little Russian church. And so just our way of saying thank you for what you do for us. We're really grateful. I want to tell you that um, this morning, you're getting the, 
you're getting the happy, encouraged Tom, not the tired, jet-lagged, discouraged Tom that the other ones got. So you guys are getting a special treat. You should be thankful. We have been at Mahaffey Camp for this past week, and wow, it has been such a blessing, such an encouragement. It's been exactly what we needed, and if you have not been at Mahaffey Camp, you have missed a huge blessing, and I I feel sorry for you, but uh, yeah, Mahaffey's been incredible, and uh, <clears throat> as I express our thanks to you for uh, for what you've what you've been, I just want you to know that for the past three or four months, you guys we have been supported. It's been your prayers that have kept us going through a very difficult time. Um, I wanted to I wanted to give you our perspective on what the last three months has been. Last three months of our school year, as we have been in Russia. Uh, serving at Hinkson Christian Academy. And obviously, things there have been very different. And so, what have the last three months been like? How has that affected us? But also, we wanted to share with you how God has been faithful. It was four years ago that we were here, and we shared prayer requests then, and wanted to take a moment, take some time also, and be able to share with you and say, well, what has God done with those prayer requests? We pray, and what happens to those prayers? Does it, does God do anything? What does he do? Um, we were, when we first started thinking about what we wanted to share with you, we thought immediately about the topic of Nehemiah and rebuilding the wall. It seemed appropriate for where we were, where we are at the time. It was a passage of scripture that had come up numerous times over the past year. And we thought, well, that's just, that's great. That's, that's what we want to go. And as I pulled up my notes to begin, begin working on this, I was amused to find out that four years ago, I talked about rebuilding the wall and Nehemiah. It's still going on. But on March the 2nd, we gathered as a school, there we go, we gathered as a school in our cafeteria to talk to our staff about the hard reality of the impact that the events of February the 24th when the uh, Russian army crossed over the Ukrainian border had on our school and the reality of the number of families that were leaving and the potential for what lay ahead and releasing our staff members to be able to seek the Lord individually and pray and make the hard decision of, do we stay or do we leave? And releasing them with grace for whatever decision they made, understanding that it had to be, it had to be something that they made themselves. What followed was a powerful time of prayer and worship, the likes of which I don't think I've, I've seldom seen. In the, the presence of God was so real, it was like you could reach out and touch him. It was incredible. Um, everyone was in a state of shock and disbelief at what was happening. And the, nobody knew what to expect, but the speculation of what might happen was just rampant, running rampant. And the whole thing, I have to say, was just incredibly surreal. Um, but during that meeting, our IT man, Alex, you can see him here in this picture holding the microphone and talking to everyone Alex, he got up and he shared a word that he felt was given by the Lord for us. Alex and Katya, his wife, are from Kazakhstan. They've been with us for a few years. They're incredible people of prayer. And so when he said he had a word, we listened. 
He shared the account from Mark chapter 4 where Jesus and the disciples crossed the, Red, crossed the Sea of Galilee and faced the furious storm. It's one that I know you're all familiar with, and I'd like to take just a moment and share it with you. I'm reading from Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to, uh, through 41. That day... When evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the river, the other side of, let's go over to the other side and leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also some other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher. Don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified, and they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. If we look at this story, it started out that everything was fine. If we look at verse, and we look at that first verse there, 35 and 36, it was smooth sailing. There was no hint of anything that was coming up. And that's the way our year started. For Hinkson, Last year had been a very good year. We were encouraged. God was up to something. And he was building a team. He was surgically removing some. It was incredible to watch. And he was bringing in others that had the skills and the training and the experience that were perfect for what we needed. We felt like we were poised to take off as a school and to grow and to finally get ourselves onto some solid footing. With the number of missionary families... um, getting smaller and continuing to do so, we thought we had a clear and a fresh vision for the future to be a Christian school that serves the international and Russian Christian community with strong academics, moral integrity, and a clear Christian distinctive to be a light in the city of Moscow. We would always provide education to missionary kids to uh, at a greatly reduced price to um, stretch you know, mission, mission funds, missionary funds, that wouldn't change. But we were excited about what lay ahead. Rachel, our new head of school, had brought a renewed focus on prayer. That was exciting. We had some incredible times of worship. There seemed to be an increased willingness to listen to the people around her and allow more people to begin to work in their strengths. She was beginning to get our name out. And people and other people outside of our normal community were beginning to realize, oh, there's a Christian school here. We had taken some steps to offer some AP classes, advanced placement, and to um, and to upgrade some of our classes to honors level, something that was very important to our to our high school students. We were anticipating we had a new elementary principal. She had been a former elementary teacher for us, and she had come back in a new capacity, and she knew elementary inside and out, and we were very excited, really looking forward to the changes that she was making there. We were anticipating enrollment next year of about 120. 
which would have been an increase of 15 to 20%. A lot of growth. We saw really good days ahead. But it says a furious storm came up unexpectedly and the boat was nearly swamped. The boat took on water. They thought they were going to drown. Then came February 24th. Totally unexpected. Everything changed. Everyone was shocked. No one there expected that this would happen. We lost a lot. We lost people, first of all. We saw a rapid exodus of families, students, staff, including Rachel, our new head of school. As they left, some packed up during the night with no warning. We found out they were leaving after they were already gone. That was tough. Two of our single female teachers were at peace about staying and didn't want to leave. We ended up sending them back against their wishes because we were concerned for what might happen. Economic collapse, um, empty shelves at the stores, perhaps even violence, perhaps um, Russians that were upset with foreigners and maybe difficult we didn't know what to expect in hindsight we regret that it was a mistake we lost about 40 percent of our staff and our students they were scattered across the u.s europe central asia korea they were everywhere all of the american all of the american missionaries cma southern baptist campus crusade others they left they were gone overnight they were evacuated um And that didn't go unnoticed by our Russian community, especially because of the fact that the Korean missionaries stayed, all of them, and they're still there. I have to say that um, our Russian staff could rationalize things in their head, but in their gut, it just felt like they had been abandoned. Lois and I, we wrestled with this as well. It was really difficult. We remember growing up all of the missionary stories about the missionaries that stayed through all the difficult times, you know, so they could minister to the people there. We lost a sense of peace and normalcy. We felt a strong sense of spiritual opposition. Like the disciples, fear of the unknown and the what if seemed to be ruling and driving everything. There was also anxiety, which resulted in some bad decisions and incredible amount of fatigue. Emotions ran all over the place, and our reality changed from one day to the next. Sometimes reality changed from morning to afternoon. Um, It came in waves. You know, you'd be fine one minute. You'd be followed by panic, um, fear, followed by panic, anxiety. We were expecting the worst. And from all the news and the things that we were hearing uh, from our Russian director, from, from others, we were expecting food shortages, empty shelves, Economic collapse, worthless money, angry Russians lashing out at foreigners. Shortly after the invasion, the ruble went from 75 rubles to the dollar to 140 rubles to the dollar, half its value. Lois's seniors were making plans for their senior trip, senior banquet, normal things for for any senior year. Overnight, it was gone. My emotions, I have to say, were in a constant state of flux. But when people ask Lois, 
how she felt. She's like, well, I'm just waiting to be vaporized. But in spite of that, she had an incredible sense of calm. I wish I had. We spent our spring break making our contingency plan of where we would go if it was necessary. We packed an emergency exit bag that included important papers and money in three currencies, rubles, dollars, and euros that had been recommended to us. Obviously, there was emotional and physical exhaustion. We got to the point where we were just kind of running on autopilot. There were so many things jumping in to plug so many holes that we were constantly forgetting things and dropping things because there was so much in our minds that we could just couldn't hold on to it all. We lost our sense of security. It wasn't too long that the vultures started circling in anticipation that we might not make it as a school. We have a sister school, maybe not a sister school, but another school in Moscow that we have a very good relationship with, another Christian school, and they were coming to us and saying, well, you know, we really hope you make it, but if you don't, please consider us because we're looking for a new building and place to expand. They could have picked up, they could pick up a new building with a gymnasium for a really good price. We have teachers that are working multiple jobs just trying to make ends meet. One of our Korean teachers, one of our young Korean teachers, 30, 31 years old, Susanna, her parents are Korean missionaries. They lost their ability to make income because it was tied to supplies that they were getting from Korea, which they could no longer get. And so she began, in addition to working a full-time job as a secondary English teacher, um, tutoring five to six students a day just to be able to make up for the income. Because if she didn't, they might be forced to return to Korea. But none of us were willing to give up the fight yet. None of us. Because, you see, if we see to look at the progression in the story, Christ was with them, the disciples, in the boat. In the storm, he was calm. He was asleep on a pillow. They were terrified, but he wasn't nervous. He wasn't worried in the least. Even in the midst of the storm, there were some good things that happened. God had prepared us for what was coming. Personally, two years ago, God led us to buy an apartment, something that was never on our radar, had never expected, had never looked to. And as a result of having our own apartment, it gave us economic security. It gave us a strong anchor there. Kind of hard to pack up and leave if your home is there. According to Lois, we felt, she felt like this was something that God had put there on purpose. We had pulled out a substantial amount of money already because we were going to buy some property. We were looking for a place that we could invest the funds that we had so that they would at least retain value or increase in value as opposed to lose value. And unexpectedly, this deal fell through. We don't know why. It didn't make sense. But as a result, we already had a substantial amount of money that we'd pulled out from our American account when this happened, so we were already in good shape. Starting this year... For the first time ever, all of the foreign staff were paid 100% in rubles in Russia. That had never happened before. We would, get a, we would get a portion of it there, and we would get a larger portion of it in our home country. Consequently, when we lost the ability to access our funds, 
we had all of our pay regularly coming to us there. And between those two things, we were in good shape. Not everyone was. We didn't lose everything. All of the Korean missionaries were still there. 60% of our staff and our students were still there. We weren't completely abandoned. We experienced, as I said, the presence of God in ways that we could not have imagined. As we gathered together to pray and to worship together on a regular basis to keep ourselves together, to keep our morale up. In the crisis, and what we've been reminded of at camp this past week, is that our anchor is not in the stability and the securities of the political environment or the things around us. But our stability is in God and the knowledge that in spite of what's happening, he's on the throne, he's still in charge, he's still in control. Our trust is in him, not in our circumstances. That's a big deal. Our new vision that we had talked about at the beginning of the year, it became crystal clear. To be a Christian school that serves the international and Russian Christian community. As of February the 24th, this vision had come to us faster than we could have ever expected. With all of our American missionaries kids gone, what we had left was a school that was essentially 100% English language learners. We also have a group of teachers that are committed to the school and willing to fight for Hinkson. There's a purging that's been going on and seems to continue. We're, it's like we're in the furnace and the dross is being burned off. Obviously, we've lost a lot of people. But yet, as stressful as that is, there's a sense that God's in the furnace with us, even as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. After the storm, it was time to get to the other side. If you look at verse 1, it says, They went across the lake into the region of the Gerasenes, and then Jesus got out of the boat. After a few weeks, we realized the sky's not falling. Things are still pretty normal. And we realized we had to do something to get the students back into the building to do school, to have some sort of sense of normalcy. Other international schools, they were up and running in person. We had parents that were wondering what they were getting for their tuition money that they were paying and wondering if they needed to take their kids somewhere else. We had to finish the school year in the building. This thing of distance learning that we had done for the past two years during COVID, it was no longer acceptable. People had had that up to here. And it's like, no, no more. Those of us that remained, we stepped up to do what we could to keep the school running. Our elementary principal stepped in to not only be elementary principal, but also teach second grade and kindergarten in the same class at the same time. I was already teaching pre-algebra, but then I stepped in to teach fourth grade math as well. That was a lot of fun. Um, Lois sat in to monitor some classes for teachers that were remote, and she also worked ELL for a girl in seventh grade English. She did a lot of counseling with staff and students as they would just walk into her office and sit down and start talking as people were trying to process, what's going on? What is going on? What do we make of this? 
we did manage to finish the school year with most of our elementary in person and secondary was doing some kind of hybrid blend of online and in school study groups. We managed to have a graduation in person with some pre-recorded portions from individuals that were not there with us physically. But we also have to get through the next year with our small group of students and staff, and we need to do it well. If Hinkson is going to survive and continue, we've got to manage to offer a good quality education in English in a Christian environment. Instead of the 120 students that we were anticipating for this upcoming year, we're going to have about 65. That's a, that's a dramatic change. And as you can imagine, that makes it real difficult for the financial aspects to work. There was some thought that maybe we should close our school for a year to get past this and then reopen the year afterwards. But there was an understanding that if we closed our school for a year, we'd be done. It would never reopen. We had to find a way. Other international schools in Moscow are having school in person. They're continuing next year. We had to find a way to do the same thing. We have a lot on the line, as you might know. Going over to the other side means restructuring, rebuilding, and going back to the core of who we are as a school. We've been cut back to bare bones, as you can see. We had to let a lot of our staff go. In addition to the 40% that we lost because they left the country and weren't coming back, some of them have been with us for a very long time. It was painful. There was a big loss of students for the upcoming year. We had to find ways to do things without needed curriculum, without money for doing repairs on the building that needed to be done, that we're going to have to wait. And when all is said and done, we're still going to have a negative budget for the following year. But the hope is that the deficit will be small enough that we don't burn through all of our reserves, that we have enough to be able to continue for the following year. We feel as though God is taking us down to Gideon's 300, getting prepared to fight the tens of thousands, you know? We are at our core, a Christian school. As we go back to the core of who we are, we are a Christian school. And as a result of the crisis, we've been pushed back to total dependency on God. That's not a bad place to be. It's really not. Our school is poised to see the power of God to revitalize and to rebuild our school. And Lois and I want to take this spirit of refreshment that we've gotten at Mahaffey Camp back to our staff that are tired, discouraged, we feel like God's given us a fresh mission as we go back. We're going back expecting to see God do things in the lives of our staff and also in the lives of our students. We're going to have a very different school year. We see this as an opportunity. You know that saying, never let a crisis go to waste. With only 65 students, it gives us a chance to go through and completely reevaluate re every class, every subject, every department to make sure, are we doing what we need to do? Are we meeting the standards? Are we hitting the mark? What do we need to add in? What things are we missing? We can systematically go through. Lois has already started working on the middle school English curriculum, saying, going through and looking back at standards and saying, how does this align to standards and so on and so forth. 
getting to the other side meant that Jesus had left his Jewish community. I mean, it says that they were raising pigs, right? To bring the kingdom of God to them, he delivered a demon-possessed man. God has rapidly shifted our focus back from missionary kids to other Christians, international businessmen, international business families, Russian Christian families, and non-Christian families. God's expanding us. He's pushing us to look outward instead of inward. I, I, spoke, to the, I spoke to the head of our, our school board, who is, a, who, is, who is one of ours, and he said that, you know, our organization has made the decision not to be sending anyone back in, and so they're withdrawing themselves as a sponsoring organization. So, um, Hinkson's never going to be the same as what it was in the sense of a school to teach American MKs. But I believe the Lord gave me a word while we were at camp. Hinkson will grow and thrive again. He has a new direction and he will bring it to pass. I'm holding on to that. We still assist families. But as I said, instead of targeting American missionary families, we're targeting Russian and other international Christian families. And these parents have two priorities for the school that their children attend. High academics and English language proficiency in that order. If these two priorities are missing, they're going to find someplace else. Because as parents, they're, involved, they're concerned about having good education for their children. If we are going to share a Christian worldview with these people, then we have to find a way to have high academics and good support for our English language learners. Hinkson's motto is passion for Christ impacting the world. Christ commands us to do everything that we do with excellence. As a school, we have lost our passion for Christ. I could say that I think we have at this moment or this past year or the past few years a mediocrity for Christ. But I'm convinced that God wants to use this Christ just to push us back to him and to return our passion and to light a fire in the hearts of our staff that will spread to our students. And in light of that, we need to train our teachers to be able to teach all of their classes to 100% English language learners. That's different. We've had mostly um, English speakers with a handful of English language learners. Not anymore. So things have to be done differently. But God has assembled a team with wisdom, experience, hardcore commitment to the school. There's a handful of us there. Lois and myself, our elementary principal, a couple that's returning to, to Hinkson after many years away, and amongst the five of us, we have over 60 years of experience with Hinkson Christian Academy. We know the school. We know the culture. We know the mission. So prayer request. How can you pray for us? Four years ago, some of the prayer requests we had, prayer warriors. God has given us prayer warriors. We started a, we started that, we started a a strategic prayer team 
this year, meeting regularly once a month to, pers- to pray specifically for strategic issues of the school. Qualified teachers, God's given us those. Um, elementary principal, science teacher, God's given us those. Changes in the academic programs that would begin to bear fruit. We're still working on that one. Yeah. Revival within our students, within our staff, and within our students. Our focus on prayer this year, that has returned. There's a stirring just under the surface. God's beginning to do something. It's not, there we go. So what about now? What are our prayer concerns now? Pray for Lois's visa. As we were leaving, as we were leaving uh, the country on our way out, going through passport control, they noticed that Lois's visa was null and void because there was a mistake on it. And they looked at him at pass. They looked at her at passport control and said, "Gonna have to get this fixed before you come back." So right now we're in the process of getting that new visa. Letter of invitation, processing the visa application. It takes time, and we need that to happen in a timely manner. Pray for Lois's health. She's had two cancer surgeries. She has her next checkup in September. Pray that we could get another good result. We need that. Pray for Nathan and Layla, our son and daughter-in-law. They weren't able to come this year because Layla, being a Russian, she could not get a visa to the U.S. So they're still there. Pray that God would just continue to grow them, to support them, to hold them up. Pray that we would be able to take a renewed spirit back to our staff. That's really important. Pray for more students. The more students we get, the better it's going to help our financial bottom line. Pray for favor with the Ministry of Education as we go through a as we go through another inspection in October and we have them there and we're under the microscope once again. If we lose our license to operate as a school, obviously we're done. Pray for the breaking of strongholds, of control and resistance. Over the past several years, it's like there's just been a spirit that's been choking. And we felt a lot of opposition. And God needs to do a work. God's breaking, beginning to break those. But we want to see that continue. And just pray that God would be true to his word and would release our school to grow and to thrive. Walking with God through the storm. We've walked through an incredible storm there as a result of COVID, but also as a result, especially of the last few months. All of us walk through storms. You've walked through two years of COVID. Things have been difficult. Things have been very discouraging. We look at our environment, our, our national environment around us. It's very disconcerting. What do we do? God is in the boat with us. And he's not worried. Our anchor has to be in him, not in our circumstances, not in our surroundings, not in the things that we see, not in our political climate. Our anchor is in Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time to share about what you're doing, about concerns for the future, about 
new direction. Father, I pray that you would just help us to put our roots down deep and to put our anchor in you that we could be calm in the midst of the storm. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for this lovely gift. I love it. We will hang that nicely. Wendy, can you make a little tag for it like you did for the others? That would be great. And then we'll find a place to hang it. Tom, thank you for sharing that. Uh, It's interesting uh, how the political ramifications of one group of people can affect uh, the kingdom of God in amazing ways. And... uh, positively and negative and we will pray for a positive outcome and uh, for these other needs uh, that you've mentioned we're going to conclude our time by worshiping in song uh, seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness seek